Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. It's September 15th, Thursday. We had a little two-week hiatus. I got uh, I got a little sick with COVID, unfortunately, so had to take the week off, but bouncing back this week. I got the Schwabi with me in my basement. I got Mush. I got JT Jack Tui in the house. Gentlemen, yo, yo. what is going on? Thank you, legs. Glad to see you're up and operable. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm finally, I'm finally getting a little energy back. It took a while, but feeling good. Let's do a little. Let's talk some White Sox baseball. We'll do a two-week look back. I guess starting with today. Thankfully, we had the bomb squad out today. Five homers, and we get the W against the Guardians. I, I think this whole group would be on suicide watch if we don't get that win. An absolute must-win for the White Sox. Going back to. Two weeks ago, we had a series against the Twins, if you guys recall. Took two out of three from the Twinkies. Then this kind of coincided, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, with Miguel Cairo taking over the reins. We go to Seattle, take a huge series in Seattle, win two out of three there, take the trip down to the Bay, take three out of four against the A's, which puts us at 6-1 and one on the year in the Bay Area, if you guys recall. That's when Schwabi and I had the emergency podcast around the 4th of July. Remember that, Schwabi? The giant yep. killers? All the giants. So 6-1 and one in the Bay Area this year, which is crazy how we're playing in California because we never play good on the West Coast. We split with the Rockies, which hurts. You, you got to just sweep the Rockies, especially when they're on the road. Um, and that takes us to today with the win against the Guardians. Gentlemen, I'm opening up the floor. Who, who wants to start here? Talking about the, well, the past few weeks. When I watched that, when I watched that first uh, that game today, and I saw Grandal and Abreu drop that pop up in the first inning, I was ready to call it. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> I was sitting there, and I was like, "Thank God it's over." How did how did we bounce back from that? Lance Lance or Lynn with the balls today? Did he did he, Lynn strike out the next two guys after that happened? Or did that happen with, was that one or no outs? That that was a huge, to get out of that inning was massive. Well, to get out of that inning and then immediately Gavin Sheets comes up in the top half of the second and hits a two-run bomb to give us the lead. It's like, I feel Perfect. like all season something bad has happened and then something worse has happened next. Today, something bad happened. We got out of it and then we did something good. It's like that's how it's been since Cairo really took over. Yeah. And it's like it's like the baseball gods are finally rewarding Jerry and Rick for making the right decision. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if they made the decision. I was or... say, let's not give them too much credit for a decision made. <laughs> Do we think um, Tony's doctors are just White Sox fans and they said they had enough and just, you know, said, <laughs> no more, Tony, no more. <laughs> You're sitting the rest of the season out or what? I, I So I, – 
Real quick on, on this game today, I have a confession to make. So I, I was at work and, you know, obviously you could be checking your phone and seeing a little update on the scores. And between 12, between 12 o'clock today and 4.30, just I, I couldn't work up the courage to check my phone. I, just knowing the White Sox season is in limbo sitting in my pocket. And I just could not do it. Finally pick up my phone at 4.30 and see that we got the A2 victory and was very relieved. So I didn't have, JT, I didn't have the stress that you did watching that that bottom of the first inning. Well, so so I will make a confession too. So we come out of the, we come out of the twin series. The only game I watched in that series, because I had things going on and I just wasn't home during the game times, is the game we lost. That was a Sunday so game, So then right? I'm like, That was game three, so we lost five I mean, one. Yeah, so I'm I'm like following on my phone every day, but I haven't turned on I hadn't turned on a game until they lost the fourth of the the fourth of four. Then we go to who do we go to Seattle. Next? That was Seattle right after Seattle because that was the Monday so I, to Wednesday series in Seattle. Yeah, so I don't I I can't watch the first two games. I watch the game on Wednesday and we lose. So Wednesday, then we go that, to was, that was game two. That was the game we lost three nothing, right? Right. Because we won the yeah. la- the last one. The last one in Seattle might have been. Uh, well, we had kind of two in that in that two week period, but that last one in Seattle was the game we were down four nothing. Right. So basically, in the last two weeks, the only games that I've sat down and said, "All right, I'm gonna you know open a drink, open a beer, and and watch the Sox game," we've lost. So I've purposely not been not been watching and only following on my phone. So you're telling me it's not Tony that's making us lose, it's actually you? It's me. <laughs> well, so what's funny about today, that is that sorry, today I turned it off after the error. I'm like, I can't do this. Well, and then I didn't turn it back on until it was like seven to one. <laughs> well, the 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 Sox went on that ridiculous streak where we're dominating Oakland, and then I think Tony's in the box. Didn't they retire? They retired. I forget some. Dave uh, Stewart. Yeah, Dave Stewart's number. Dave Stewart. And Tony's in the box, and the Sox immediately lose like ten to three with yep. Tony in the house. And then Tony and you comes back with them, and they about? lose again. He told he told a reporter before that game because he was flying back with the team to Chicago. He goes, "If we lose, I'll drive back and I'll drive back slowly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to know if I, I told Chuck Garfine confirmed that Tony Larusa was indeed on the plane, and we come back and we split with the Rockies. That's what happens. Just and you know keep who the wasn't guy away from the team. Tony was not in Cleveland. Yeah, t- suddenly they play better. Correct. Again. Let's let's buy him an all inclusive in Mexico. Let's like do one, a little GoFundMe. They're Tony. like one in three since Cairo's taken over in games where Tony's been in uh, at the ballpark. They're one in three. It's just the 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 whole vibe. The whole vibe goes out the window when Tony's around. It's mush. What are your thoughts on this last two weeks of of White Sox baseball? Well, first of all, a saying comes to mind my grandfather used to tell me when I was a kid, actually witness and tell other people this, was is when you can't stand somebody, just tell them to dry up and blow away. <laughs> <laughs> and when someone tells me Tony LaRusso is here or there, I'm just like, God, why doesn't this guy just dry up and blow away every time? <laughs> um, no, like the last two weeks out on the West Coast trip, honestly, like Jack said, I was falling asleep. Like I barely watched any of the second halves of any of those games, but 
I just flipped on my phone every morning at 5 a.m. and just looked at that GB, the GB section, and it was just bouncing back and forth between one to three, two, two and a half, yeah. three, to one. And that's all I've been looking at the last maybe month. And I can't do it anymore, man. It's like a ping pong match. We will mentally we, frustrating. We what got to, think? I think you, as close as we got was one and a half. And yeah. really, we're three back now. And really, the only reason we're not closer is because the Guardians haven't lost, which has been ridiculous. That They've won like, they had won like seven out of eight before today. Now it's seven out of nine or whatever it is. But the, what killed me was they get three at home against the Angels. And I mean, we've talked about the Angels on this show. It's like the, an absolute embarrassment of a major league franchise. They literally have the two best players in the world, and they're just in, just a dog shit team. They get swept by the Guardians, and what killed me about that series is, as you guys know, two out of five Guardians, that Savali, is, Savali might be out for the year, and Plesak is probably out for the year. So literally in that series, that's where... The Angels got the four and the five. It was like Pilkington and some other guy I had never even heard of, and they still get swept. If they just lose one of those games, it's too, I mean, it's a lot more manageable for the White Sox, but you, well, I you, think, you can't get I one think from the Angels. Andrewis, they had Andrewis on the line the other day, and it, he was talking about how they're such a young team, and they seem rather disorganized out on the field that there's no way they'll be able to hold to that pressure. When you get to that, you know, this point in the race in the next, I'd say, week or two. Who was that? Who would they have, Mush? Elvis Andrewis was talking oh, about Elvis. how he thinks the Indians are too young and they're going to crack in the next week or so because of the pressure. I, I was just I was just about to ask you guys that. I thought it was super ballsy for him to come out and say that. Yeah. Because, I mean, talk about bulletin board material, and it's not like we've been a better team all year. Good for Elvis, and, man. But you know who has been better? He, Elvis has been a better Elvis, the Elvis White Sox are better. Dude, Elvis. Had, so I saw a stat today. Tim Anderson, 79 oh, games, six home runs, 25 RBIs. Elvis, 24 games, six home runs, 21 RBIs. Elvis has been so this absolutely is, this insane. This is what we needed, though, the whole, the whole freaking year. I mean, this is what I'm Robinson gonna... Cano would have done, Lags. Why did you have to bash Robbie <laughs> Cano you. all those months yes. ago? Was, Robbie Cano could have been I, this for I, us. I was wrong Cano. this whole time. It should have been Robbie Cano, Mush's guy. He would have brought yeah. the leadership, too. Well, but I know he would have brought the needles the to the right clubhouse. Now, we could have used that for sure. But Elvis, I mean, the, the power search from Elvis has been unbelievable. The guy has been, he's been a revelation. I mean, this might be, honestly, one of his best power stretches. It's not the guy doesn't hit homers. He's been like a plus one hundred, like OPS guy, like twice in his career or something ridiculous. Where his stats right now are just—he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, which we need. And Tim comes and, back next week. Tim's supposed to be back for the homestand, by the way. So I get. So Cairo said he comes back and plays shortstop. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you take Elvis out of the lineup, so he gets pushed over to second. Yeah, but with TA. What's the injury he's coming off of? It was uh, surgery. The hand? He had surgery on his finger, I think, wasn't it? Right. That's what it was. Okay. So the groin's probably healed by now. But, I mean, why don't you ease him back and put him at second base? It's not like he's a gold glove shortstop. The problem is anyway. neither of these guys have played second base. And I think Tim is your 
He's your franchise player. He's your player. franchise player. You know, you 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 do more harm to you could potentially do more harm to Tim playing with second base. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I, full disclosure, like we all know, so, Elvis is the better fielding shortstop. I'm, I'm going to jump but, in here real quick because it's driving me nuts. I'm on Google trying to figure this out. Elder, when Andrews came into the league, he was in a big blockbuster trade for another shortstop. It was a, in a playoff run. I don't know if he came from the Braves, Rangers, or uh, the A's. Is it Profar? He, he used to he used to play for the Rangers, right? Yeah. But he was in a blockbuster trade, and I'm trying to think who he got traded for. Uh, was that Profar in that? It deal? wasn't for a shortstop. It was for a first baseman on July 31st, 2007. Elvis Andrews, Jared Saltalamakia, and Salta three Lamakia. minor league pitchers, Matt Harrelson. Nefale, Feliz, and Bo Jones were traded to the from the Braves to the Rangers for Ron Mahe and Mark Teixeira. Teixeira. That's Teixeira? what it was. Teixeira. So Teixeira went to... Who, who did he That's go to? That's when he got traded from with? the Rangers. Went straight from the Braves to the Rangers. Uh, he, right. went to the, he went to the Braves. Yeah, because Teixeira... Was that... Did, was he good on the Braves before he signed the deal with the Yankees? I believe so. Yeah. He was Yo, really yeah. good that year. And then the next he, year when Elvis came up, that's when they moved Michael Young to third base. So from yeah, he, was on, was he, was with, he was with Ian Kinsler, Hamilton, uh, Gallo. Michael Teixeira. Young. I don't think Gallo was there. Michael Young. No, Gallo is way. That, Gallo's, that's a different generation. Yeah. That was your boy Hamilton out in right field, Zach. Josh Hamilton. Biggest Josh, Josh Hamilton. Hamilton fan you'll ever meet. Josh and Hamilton. Fuck yeah. The only thing I re- well, I remember a few things about Hamilton, but that home run derby performance, I'll never forget. Oh, well, never. That, that was insane. So that, that was absolutely incredible. Well, then at what point? So was Elvis always playing with Beltre then? Because Beltre and Elvis had that thing going on. Yeah. No, so not originally because Beltre was was because Michael like, Young got moved to short, got moved to third base. With Beltre Elvis. Was on when Elvis came Beltre over, came so over Beltre from, came later from the came, Mariners, right? Yeah, he was on, but he was on the wasn't he on the Dodgers too at one point? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Oh, you're right. He was to on the share, Rangers. So that then, that's crazy. That's that's a good memory. Much I I didn't I didn't realize that uh, Andrews was traded for to share. That's wild. Beltre came from the Red Sox to the Rangers. He was Dodgers originally, Mariners, Red Sox, Rangers. So one thing we got to talk about in this two-week look back is is our guy Dylan Cease. So the yeah. the one game against the Twins that was the blowout. A couple storylines from this game. Um, obviously, the big one, Dylan Cease throws the one hitter. I, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but the yeah, I did. The, gives it up with two outs. That just heartbreaking, especially with with our guys getting the hit and the whole debate of you walk them. I, you know, originally I was saying walk them, but I, I respect going after a rise. You don't want to, you don't want to bitch out there. Right. And walk the guy when you're going for a no hitter. So I, I like the aggressiveness. It didn't work out. And then the other thing I think we should talk about is, is what, what, what'd you guys think about uh Baldelli throwing the position player in the bottom of the eighth? And then the Sox have the huge inning, and then Cease has to sit on the bench for about 25 minutes. Yeah, that it, was a good move. It was only 7 nothing at the time. Right. What's the, what's the rule now? It has to be six-run game to put in a position I player? think it's got to be six runs. 
right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, I get it, especially if you're the Twins, right? If you're the Royals, you know, I don't know if there's a you, – you can throw that guy. But if you're the Twins, you're in a, you're in a pennant race. You know, I'm 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 saving the arms, right? Like today, I feel like this. You know, the Sox throwing Graveman and Ronaldo in a game they won by seven or up, or up six. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's kind of a probably not your best move. Those are arms you're going to need tomorrow if you're in a close game, and you know now they're uh, they're going to need a day off in the next day or two. So I I get it from Rocco's standpoint. I you know, My- do I love it for as the guy who was hoping he'd pull off the the no hitter? <laughs> No, but at the same point in time, from a purely strategical move, right? Like, I think you're doing that regardless of whether he's going for a no-hitter or if he's, you know, got a – there's been four pitchers in the game. So my it, it was just a shame that Arise was that last out. Yeah. Yeah, you just knew that he was going to poke one out there for a hit. That... Yeah, but why didn't they just walk him? I don't understand. That. I, I mean, that was Is the Is it really a no-hitter right? if you intentionally walk a guy? I don't know if you intentionally walk him in that he spot. He had two walks on the game, so I mean, it's not like yeah, I think yeah. But I'm saying if you don't challenge every guy, like, did you really throw a no hitter? I think if, if it, you if I got one out left, I'm not walking anybody. He could have just dropped the ball and no. I mean, I don't know. Well, you could have you could have done the uh, unintentional intentional walk, right? Or the intentional unintentional walk where you're pitching around the guy. And or just don't give him something to hit. And I think Cairo told Zavala, he's like, look, if if we end up walking Arias, it's not the end of the world. Right. But he, he kind of laid a slider on the inner half, and Arias just took it over. I forget who was playing second base, but probably Josh Harrison's head. I think it was Romy, because Romy went yard in that game. Oh, uh, that is right. Right. Yeah, that was tough. I... I... I, I did get a little pissed at Baldelli. And Schwab, going back to your point on today, bringing in Lopez and Graveman, it sucks. But you know why we have to do that? Because that 8-2 to two score, do you recall a game earlier in April, or maybe it was May, when Josh Naylor turned you into Babe, Babe Ruth? Ruth? The Babe Ruth game? You know what the score of that game was going into the night? I guess it's the same score since you, uh, I think you have that permanently etched in your brain. Yeah, exactly. So... If that game doesn't happen, for the record, gentlemen, we're one game back, and we're not in a position where we have to sweep for the tiebreaker. Because right now, the Sox are down 9-7 in that series. We got three games left. So the only way to get the tiebreaker is to sweep them. So, you know, it says the standings say we're three back. If we don't sweep next week, we're really four back. That's why this game is huge today. If we lose today, we're not five back, we're six back. Stone actually made that point on the score this morning, which is a great point. So talking about this two-week look-back period, it coincides with one thing, and and this is our segue. We're going to talk about the Admiral, Miguel, taking over the reins from Schwabi's guy, TLR. Schwabi, share some thoughts on the Admiral. Why do you think he's been so effective? For the boys, it's uh the whole thing is is great. I remember you know kind of towards the end of of Tony's run here, they were talking about how the only guy you ever saw in the dugout coaching was uh was Ethan Katz, right? Now you got Cairo's walking up and down the dugout. I mean, he's got an energy. Uh, it's just 
it's it's nice to see. You know, I I will continue to tell you, and I think I don't think it's any like secret. I think a major league manager probably has the least impact of any co- of coaches in any professional sport. Yeah, I could agree with that. With that being said, like you also see what happens when your manager is not competent. Um, how like that can hurt you. And I don't think Miguel Cairo is necessarily the greatest manager, you know, who's ever lived. I don't think he's the next coming of of Terry or Pinella or you know Joe Girardi, whoever you want to say that top manager of all time is. But it, well, isn't that supposed to be Tony? <laughs> no, um, but he's at he's at least you know he's he's at least your major league average manager is what he's proven, right? Well, he can he can manage professionally at a at a solid level. And by being just an average manager at minimum, um, you know, the Sox are a better baseball team now. JT, what do you mean? How awesome was it when Miggy gets out to the mound faster than almost anyone in that (laughs) brief bench clearing confrontation? I'm not going to call it a ball, a brawl, but I mean, I was like, finally, we have someone that's you know, bring some energy into the clubhouse and stick up for his guys, not not just with the media after the game, but on the field in front of everybody. I mean, he I read that he had a team meeting right after the I want to say it was the loss to the the twins or it was a, it was in his first week. I think yeah, it was his it was, first game. It was the Royals. I think it was the Royals. Yeah, the Royals. Um, yeah. And he's like all right, we're we're giving a hundred percent from here on out. Whatever you have, you give it all the time. There's no more jogging, you know, routine ground balls out to first base. You're busting your ass, and we need to win because time's out. Yeah, this is this is October for us. You know, and I was listening to I think it was Bernstein and Holmes either today. I think it was yesterday. And they were saying, like, the problem with that is, like, Miguel Cairo, as the bench coach, should have felt empowered to have that conversation, to have that talk when he was the bench coach. Yeah. You know, and the but fact like, that he did it wasn't empowered, it just tells you all that you need to know. Right. And you're, you're seeing it. Like, what was it? The Rosenthal article just Rosenthal, came out. Rosenthal mentioned that exact point. You know, saying how, like, he just wasn't letting, taking anyone else's word, wasn't taking anyone's advice, wasn't taking anyone's opinion. It was the Tony show. Yeah. He's not letting anyone else coach, um, you know, really the exception of Ethan, because Ethan has to. But, like, you know, the whole, the whole team is different right now. Ever, the way they play baseball is different. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very hard to I think it's very hard to say it's just luck, right? It's just a coincidence. It's it just so it, happens that we have a, a hot because he, he's eleven and five. So you don't think sixteen games is just happenstance, it's just luck. Three but. of three of his losses. They're one and three in games where Tony is there. <laughs> like he was there the first game they lost. He's such he a... was there the last game in Oakland. They lost. He was there for one. He was there for the two Rockies games this week where they split. He's been there four times since he stopped managing the club. They have lost three of them. Again, it, it you know two. We were saying earlier how every time he watches the game they lose. Well, obviously the reason they're losing is not because Jack Tui. 
I'm not telling you the reason they're losing is because of Tony Larusa, but it sure seems interesting that they lost four games and three of them were when Tony was there. We might we might have to call Tony Doctor Evil stealing the White Sox mojo. Dude, he's the new mush. He's, the he's, new- <laughs> he's watch Bronxdale. He is mush. <laughs> Dude, dude shows up and they lose. We got to get him as far away from the stadium as possible. I mean, what can we do with the guy? Stay on the road. Stay on the road. Keep Tony away. Dude, Jack, that, that text about him driving back was the best. Can you imagine him driving <laughs> to drive? Tony LaRussa driving Zero back. Zero chance he would have made From it. Oakland to Chicago. <laughs> there, there's no way he survives that. Dude in Nebraska right now. <laughs> he he literally would either just have a heart attack on the drive back, or he'd get in about six car accidents. There's no way he's he's Tony. That. We know what Tony likes to do when he drives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's it's is Frank Menachino safe now? Is uh, do I have to take back everything I said about Frank? <laughs> I think apologies might be in order for Frank. So did you see in the Rosenthal article? Yeah, he was saying that Frank was getting overruled. Right. Unbelievable. Wait, hold on. Medikino was getting overruled? Yes. Well, uh, apparently Medikino has been preaching be patient, power and patience at the plate. And Tony's like, no, put the ball in play. I want singles. (laughs) I mean, Rosenthal didn't say. (laughs) That was my Cliff Notes version. But you get the point. I mean, the guy, the, he you hate to say it, but he's a cancer to the white. Right? Wow. It's, it, I, I don't hate to say it. I mean, it's just it's just true. Yeah. Ooh, yeah we've said it all year. Who has, like, said right, we've said it all thing year. Is, uh, is Paul Sullivan, who's a moron. Paul Sullivan's the worst. Paul Sullivan's the only one who wants to come back. Yeah, I mean, Paul Sullivan, you read anything that he writes, oh. you just take the opposite position. Exactly. Because that I, gotta, I want to jump in here real quick. I just decided today to Google Tony LaRusso quotes. <laughs> There's a website called Brady Quote. I don't know why. It just was the first listing on Google. The amount of Tony LaRusso quotes on here and are it's unfathomable. It's like... <laughs> And there's a lot of stuff that just pr- shows how outdated his mindset is. Because he's talking about the 80s and talking about... Um, where was it at here? Well, dude, it's not even like I'm shocked there's even quotes because he just talks gibberish. Like his his post game interviews, the guy is not speaking English. Oh, he's half asleep. It's wild. It's wild stuff. I I, I mean, you got to give credit to the admiral bringing the energy. Get, Mush, give me a quote. You got something? Let, jump in here when you got one for a quote. All right, but, I so. Just- I hit a Can couple. We, I'm picking them out. I'll get you, you got we the talk admiral. About... You giving the boys some energy. Eleven and six, and the the lineup. I mean, we've been today. I think it was today. Our first seven hits were extra base hits. It's crazy. Yeah, how, first uh, seven hits. Like, again, it's and just... I want I want to give a shout out to to our boy Jay Kuda because he tweeted out a Yasmani Grandal moonshot video this morning. <laughs> and it was the first thing that I saw when I got up. And I honestly watched it like six or seven times. I mean, this guy was hitting bombs. The only problem with the video is that every one of the clips, he was in either in a Dodgers or a Brewers. <laughs> well, dude, there's actually a highlight video out there of the 2021 Yasmani Grandal, and he's hitting absolute bombs. So, Yaz, you know the two guys that went to two of the five home runs today were Yo and Yaz. And you could argue Yo and Yaz have been, 
you know, up there with Tony for top three reasons of us sucking this year. Um, what do we think? What do we think about Robert? What, uh, I, what one, he... I, I do want to talk about Robert. One last quick thought on on Yasmani. You know my favorite thing about home runs. Today was a unicorn. You don't have to run the bases for Yasmani. Only ballpark progress. You know it's bad when Yasmani. The only way the guy could hit a home run now is a unicorn. Only home run was progressive field. One out of thirty ballparks for Yasmani. <laughs> unicorn. The guy is totally his power is set. Uh, the guy's he might as well be Stephen Kwan without the speed. This guy. Easy. Right. <laughs> I, oh, I, I'm going to get to Quan. That's an insult to Stephen Quan. No, no. Quan is getting an earful from here to, from me today. So I'm, I'm going to get to that in the next segment. But JT, you brought up a guy, Luis Robert, who wants this. Because I, I got some uh, thoughts, but I'm not going to leave it, it off. It's up to you guys because I, I don't know. He said he's going to give it. He wants to be out there to help his team. You I don't hurt. know if he's healthy. He's hurt. He's, he's hurt. hurt. Yeah. I mean, he, he's getting, a, he's getting hurt, a raw deal. Hurt or injured? He's injured. He's injured. But here's what I'll say. He's going to, they t- talk about a mishandling of injuries. That the Robert. So brutal. For, for a team that like will put a guy on an IL for like a, a, a the Andrew Vaughn Bruce A hand. misstep over a, a, a crack in the sidewalk. Talk about it. This is like the complete opposite. They're like being aggressive with Robert for some reason. And I don't know. For me, that Robert, I, I just don't see the mental toughness out of the guy. I mean, he is injured. I'll give him that. And they, they totally botched it. But come on, you, you got to, at some point, you got to get out there and and start swinging the bat. Well, but not, I mean, like, you know, you can be mentally as tough as you want. Like, if you are not physically able to do something because of, because yeah. of, what that's you're going fair. through, like I, you know, I don't. I that, think that's the fact fair. that he's stepping out there shows he's got some mental toughness. Um, you know, he still Robert's, defensively Robert's gives you more than out. anyone else you have. That's a fair point. All right, so I, maybe I'm being a little hard on Robert. It's just frustrating because, I mean, this goes back to our midseason evaluation. Mush, I think you gave Robert like a D, and he was probably our second best player. Yeah, but, I mean, I think and, he and wants to who, get out of Chicago. I think he wants to be in pinstripes out east, and he's just playing this. The new they're talking new about. Fad, a, you know, I just read something around. about an extension. What? They're talking about. They're talking extension with Robert right now. He, I thought he already had the deal. Did you guys? Because read that? he's not happy, and that's why. And, and they're going to throw more money at him. And the guy doesn't. The guy's going to be like, I want three, four hundred million dollars, and that's the kind of that's the kind of person he is. You can see it the way he carries. No, I, I don't no, know. I, I dude, I read it was like an eight year extension in the eighty in the nine eighty to hundred million range. No. I gotta look this up because I might just be completely pulling this out of my head. Schwabi, what's his deal right now? Because so he's signed that's the an extension. Case, hold on. If that's the case, then Robert is hurt and there's something that he knows that we don't know, and that's why he's trying to get the money. No, I well if if he's injured I don't think that's the case because he's sucking right now because he can't swing the bat. Literally every time dollars over eight years, that guy that guy would make that in two years if he just got a well, shit. Well, he's already got a deal though. I, so he's got 
up to not he's got up to five additional years of club control at this point. Um, he's getting What's six mil this year. Next year he's at nine five. In twenty twenty four he's at twelve five. In twenty twenty five he's at fifteen, and then he's got two club options in twenty twenty six and twenty twenty seven for twenty million uh, with a two million dollar buyout on both those two years. So then he wants, he would another, he wants an additional at the age of 30. And I think I read some fake bullshit tweet or it's some other guy, but so disregard, but, but if he, I, I just wanted to make sure that if that was out there that we talked, about. Yeah, yeah, he signed it, a six year, $50 million deal. Uh, well, and, and what I'll say is if he, ago. if the club turns down that option, those are the last two years and something went seriously wrong with Luis's Robert career. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Those be- should be two uh, pretty yeah. easy pickups. Yeah, I mean, it should be if the guy if the guy is half of what he we projected him to be. Yeah. So, okay, I, I agree, Schwabi. I was hard on it. He, he's definitely injured. The guy can't swing the bat. They totally mishandle. If, if they just put him on the IL from the beginning, right now we probably have a healthy Luis Robert. I, th- I think, in, like, regardless of anything else, the strength and conditioning, the – Training staff needs to be completely overhauled. It's yeah. been an absolute abomination this year. Yeah, it's been a debacle both ways. Yeah, it, and For that's sure. when you know it's a mess. It's like sure. sometimes they're more too, they're too conservative, and like this whole Robert thing is like, I mean, that was part Tony too. So I think I think part of what it is is with the soft tissue injuries, they're super conservative. From what I've gathered, and maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but. And what I've heard, it's just like a bruise on his hand, and it's more, can you manage the, the pain? Yeah. Like, I had a bone bruise in high school, and I missed, I'm like right on my knee, and I missed the whole summer because I like couldn't walk because it was so bad. So sometimes bone bruises are like worse than yeah. uh, fractures. So I, I don't know if it's something like that, but maybe that's why they're trying to get him to play because it's all really a pain tolerance thing. Well, and the, and the other thing is baseball, um, like that's one of those things where if when a guy breaks a, a bone in his hand or has any sort of hand injury, hand injury, it really fucks him with the plate. Like that's where you see those guys with break the handmade blo- bone in their hand and they're out for, you know, eight weeks, wherever it is. And when they come back, their power is never there. Yeah. Like those guys, it takes them a full year before, or takes them that next season before they have any power again. Do you think um, you think that happened with Tim a little bit with his hand injury? I think anytime yeah. you have a hand injury in baseball, it just seems like it it screw you know it changes your swing. It affects your po- it affects your power especially. Yeah, because I think I mean you could tell right before Tim had surgery, he was just he was just trying to hit singles to right field. Right. I mean, it was very obvious. Luis actually had a similar injury when he was in the minors and he had no power. It was, it was, I think it was his very first year and he heard it sliding and it was the same thing. It was, I think it was like a wrist sprain and he hit no home runs and everybody was, I mean, this was back when we were doing the full rebuild, right? So, I, you know, you're watching the box scores and he's not, he has no power. It's like, oh, this guy could potentially be a bust. And then the next year he got healthy and that's when he started blowing up. And he had right. in the minors. He was hitting. He was hitting bombs every game. So I, I don't know. I I think you're right, Schwab. Like any any times you had wrist injuries, hand injuries, that's a that spells total disaster. And I think the worst part about it is, and it goes back Jack to what you're saying. It's like 
you get an x-ray on those and it's it comes back fine you know so it's like oh you could go play but it's it's one of those things the player tries to play through and they're just not as effective and and that ends up hurting the team more than if you just you really gotta you gotta throw him on the il and when you think he's ready to come back you gotta give him like two more weeks and then hopefully they don't re-aggravate it. Because it's like every time every time Robert plays now, it's like, shit, there goes another two weeks. Because you could, as soon as you see Robert swing and his hand comes off the bat, it's like, well, there goes another two weeks. You know, because it's like, it's not going to heal the next day. I mean, he did hit two yeah. balls super hard yesterday, right at third. But then the third at bat, he got hurt third, again. Yeah, third at bat, he was awful. Um, but you know, so we'll see. We'll see. This might be just be a loss. Uh, lost second half in a lost year to a certain extent. Well, we need him if we want to win the World Series. So what do you do? Yeah, so, I mean, do you do you shut him down for the rest of the year and hope you make the playoffs and then hope that he's healthy enough? Yeah, I, I think at a minimum you shut him down for 10 days. At a minimum right now. And then if he wants to give it another go, give it another go. But that would be it then, right? If he comes well, back. All, let's let's face it. All eyes have, have to be on that Cleveland series. Yeah. Right? If we sweep Cleveland, we should be what you say about a game up. Well, give or take, right there. So we're three well, back now. We got the Tigers this weekend, so we need a sweep there, or I mean, at a very minimum, two out of three, and then we go to Cleveland. But no, Cleveland comes to us, or Cleveland comes to us. But Cleveland is—are they at Minnesota or are they in Cleveland? They're in Cleveland for four. There's a doubleheader Saturday. No, I thought there was five. Is it five? Or do they have one more later in the season? That's a good question. I got to double check. I know they have they have one Friday, two Saturday, but I don't. I'm not sure if they have. Does, I thought they the had twins, one Sunday. Did the Twins throw in the towel and give Cleveland the W? No, but they have one Monday, so they got one Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, one Monday. Dude, the Twins, the Twins are right there too. Why would they throw in the towel? They can easily. The Twins can easily go on a little streak, especially if I think they have, they have nine, uh, six with us left and then they play the guardian. Twins, twins don't, Oh, whoa. Six, six, 99 yards. <laughs> he must be ahead of us. Hey, Thanks, do you guys, Bush, you're yeah. a whole play ahead of us. Jerk. Tw- you know, and listen, the twins are done. I don't know. They never had it to begin with. Well, neither do the guardians and we're going to lose to them. We always said that the Guardians had the pitching, though. That's one thing that they had for them. That yeah, but two of their ahead. five, uh, two, two of five starters are out right now. How's Bieber doing? I mean, he's somehow performing, throwing ninety-two. His his velocity is actually has picked up a little bit. All right, boys, we're gonna transition. I want to talk a little bit. We touched on the game today. I want to talk about the disrespect from Tito starting Hunter Gaddish, I think his name was. Hunter Gaddish against the Sox, essentially in a clinch. I mean, this was basically, for all intensive purposes, a clinch game. And McKenzie was scheduled to start today against the Sox. And Tito pushes him back, calls up Gaddish. They call up Gaddish from double A. And the White Sox go on the power surge. What do you boys think about that? I mean, I think that's disrespectful. I mean, if I was a Cleveland fan, I would not be happy. (laughs) I would have wanted to put 
put the stake through them today and be done with it. That was then such you a win three out of five in Minnesota. It's over. Oh, it's 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 five games and they have the tiebreaker. I mean, I wanted the Sox push Dylan back and have Dylan go against the Indy against the Guardians today. Yeah. So we're gonna see McKenzie game one of our of series in the starting the twentieth. No, we're going to see him in game three. So the way it's lining up right now, because McKenzie's going Friday, right? Then they have Bieber Saturday and Pilkington for their doubleheader. And then I think Sunday is Quantrill. And then, uh, is that right? Well, I'll, I'll, we, Shwabi, what, what's... Quantrill is currently scheduled to pitch Monday, September 19th. That's not against us, though. We play Tuesday. It's against the Twins. Yeah, you're right. So, Jack, they do have a five-game set against the Twins. Wow. Yeah, so one Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, one Monday. Yeah, so that means we're going to get the two. So <laughs> this actually lines up nicely for the Sox. We get the two spots that would have been Savali and Plesak. So w- McKenzie's currently scheduled to pitch Wednesday. Which is game? Game two. Oh, really? Now, okay. again, I don't know if they updated this since McKenzie got but pushed But that doesn't today. make sense because then Bieber would have to go so if you go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're, oh yeah, so I guess Bieber would go through. They're going to need six starters in the next five days. Right. So. Yeah, so or, we might get yeah. we, we might get McKenzie and Bieber then in the last two. Which, At least whatever. we have Cease going this time around. You get Cease, we have Cease going in game one and Lynn in game two, and then Geo game three. Every, my girlfriend's, everyone's my girlfriend's on birthday her. on Tuesday, and we're going to the game. You so are. if we lose, it's. Yeah, and that's if Dylan. Lose, blame her. Well, can Dylan pull another one hitter out of his ass? I hope so. I, I I mean, it's been a while since I've seen a good game that I've gone to. So I, I what I was saying was I, I feel okay. I, I think we got to be within two games going into that series. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, if we sweep that, we should be either be tied. Yes, we need to sweep Detroit, and we got to hope that the Twins. I, I think the Twins got to take, take three, three out, out of five. five. Yeah, right. If yeah. the Twins, if the I Twins mean, take three out of five, that's huge. Yeah. So I, I someone, I forget who was tweeting this out, but they basically, it was basically the different scenarios based on how many games we beat the Guardians. If we win all four, or now if we sweep them next week. We really only have to go even with them, yeah. Because we'll, all the other games, well, we're gonna have the tiebreaker then, right? So, I, I we do, which is crazy to think about. We actually do control our own destiny now. In baseball, it's a little different to control your own destiny. Like a sweep is a tall ass, right? But you almost have to do it because if you don't sweep, you lose two games. Well, because let me ask of you the tiebreaker, you feel like they're gonna forfeit the rotation. For those games after the Cleveland series, you're going to throw everything you got at the Cleveland series, right? We can talk about starters, but you know it's going to be like a playoff matchup: three innings, three innings, three innings. You know, play, basically playing a chess match. I think the fact that they, the the Sox have Monday off, and the Guardians are playing five games in four days after playing all week too. Right, like that's that's big. You give the Sox a day a day of rest. They get to reset their pen, and in theory, like as long as they don't do something insane against the Tigers on Sunday, like 
that Penn should be in good shape where you can have everyone going two out of three days. Yeah. Um, and you can th- be throwing your top arms and really trying to, you know, again, you're, yeah, I think, I think you're, to your point, Dave, I think you're playing playoff baseball at that point. So we have, we have 18 games left. So, so let's say you take out the Guardians games, 15 games, they could go 500 and they could sweep the Guardians. And we, we should be able to pull it out. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's he, something close to that. If we sweep the Guardians, we have to play them even. So if they win, I think they have two games in hand on us. So in a sense, if we if we go eight and seven with the remaining fifteen games, and then the three games with the Cleveland Indians, we go. So we'd be eleven and seven basically in the remaining games. We should be able to. We should be able to pull into the playoffs. Yeah, we gotta go. I think we gotta go. I think. I think third, twelve and six, thirteen and five is really what you need. Well, here yeah. here's the other wild card, not, not necessarily the wild card, but here's the other thing working against the White Sox: the last six games of the season for the Guardians, all against KC. Yeah, in in all in Cleveland, they have a yeah. six game set, a same a six game set with Kansas City, all in Cleveland. Okay, so Thank I'm you, gonna MLB I'm gonna schedule. pull out the positives here. I'm gonna be positive. Even I think some was something got messed up in the beginning of the season, and they got added. yeah, it's because of the delay. Of the yeah. Hey, yeah, so yeah. it got pushed back, and it, it just got all screwed up. That's not the dumbest. So thing. here's the positive with that situation: Kansas City's got all rookies, all young bloods up there right now, trying to make a name for themselves and trying to trying to get a starting spot for next year. They have everyone in that team's fighting, and they're not just gonna roll over. Yeah, the in, I mean the Royals. I don't think they're going to lose six, right? Like, uh, apparently though, we're the only team that can't beat the Royals. I, I, I think that the Twins are beating up on them right now. The Twins beat them again. I think the Twins just swept the Royals. Hey, does Jason Benetti have a hard on for Nicky Lopez? Because every time he talks about him, I look at this guy. Nicky. Yeah, I look at this guy's stats. He's batting like a a buck sixty two, like two. Are you home talking runs. about Nicky Lopez or Stephen Kwan? Jeez, that's even worse. Well, let me man. tell you a little so something Nikki, about Stephen Kwan. So Nikki Lopez is the same is the same age as me. So all the I know a bunch of kids in Illinois who who all who all know Na- Naperville Nikki. Yep. So they went on a rant about Kipnis today too. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Stephen Kwan. All right, here's a trivia question for you boys. Stephen Kwan exit velocity. Give me a percentile. Where is he in in Major League Baseball? Forty five. Okay. So you think he's like you know, lower half, but still kind of middle pack? I'm gonna nope. I'm gonna put him in the lower thirty percentile. Let's just go with that for shits and gigs. Schwabi, Stephen Kwan, exit velocity, average exit velocity, twenty seven percent. Oh, he's in the bottom fifteen percent. There's two hundred. Okay, so two hundred and <laughs> pitchers, pitchers included, two hundred and forty six qualified players. Stephen Kwan is two hundred and forty second. So he is the fourth worst hitter. Not okay. Let me rephrase. He's hits the ball softer than every player in the major leagues that qualifies based on at bats, other than three batters. All I want to tell you is Ozzy Guillen would tell you exit velocity means nothing. Okay, here's another trivia question: The Cleveland Guardians. 
average exit velocity, where are they ranked in Major League Baseball? Bottom five. Gotta be left. JT? Yeah, either last or second. I know I'm setting this up. Dead last. This team is a fraud. They are fraudulent. They are the luckiest team in baseball by far. Now, the the White Sox have have, have not helped their own cause because we have been absolute choke artists. And there, you could you could pick a handful of games this year that we've absolutely blown. Guys are having the worst years of their career. I, but you got to understand that the Guardians are historically having the luckiest season in baseball. I'll stand by that. I'll take it to my grave. And they're only three games up on the White Sox. It's absolutely insane. If the White Sox lose the division to Stephen Kwan, every member of that organization, the front office, ownership, the players – Mush, I know you love Game of Thrones. They need to do the shame walk, Game of Thrones shame. style through the city shame. of Chicago. To make her walk of atonement. Shame. 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 Yes. Because right that's how big Avenue. of an embarrassment it would be to lose to the Cleveland Guardians. An absolute embarrassment. I would be so ashamed to be a White Sox fan if that were to so, happen. So no I one- totally agree with you. But if there's one team that's a worse matchup for us, it's them because they put the ball in play and they're fast and they take like three extra bases. And they bases all hit like Nick Madrigal. Time. Yes. Yeah. So I think Madrigal is probably below Quan and that, uh, that hitting for sure. Ah, man, I just, I can't do it. I cannot see us lose to the Guardians. That team is so fraudulent. That team, if, when, if they make the playoffs over us, that team is going to lose so quickly in the first round, it's going to be blink your eye and they're going to be out of the playoffs. So I, I got my rant in for the night. So I, I don't know. I'll open it back up to you guys. What, what do you think? Are, are we going to, are we going to take them down next week or what? I, I think, you know, the way the, way the Sox are playing, <laughs> the way the Sox are playing. You guys are, are ashamed too. I, uh, I think I, I feel a lot more confident. With uh, with Miguel, with the admiral leading the boys, than I do if it's uh, if it's Tony. So, hey, I said it two weeks ago. We're gonna fucking win this division. Yeah, we're you gonna did. do it. We're gonna. We got some videos we gotta make, don't we, JT? We do. Some we TikTok? do have some videos we gotta make. Is it like dance routine but stuff or what? <laughs> dance routine. When when Mush writes his first blog, I'll put out my first video. <laughs> I'm pretty good with the keyboard. Uh, Don't make me get on the keyboard, man. No, but I, I said it two weeks ago. I'm going to say it again tonight. Uh, you know what? At this point, if we lose, we lose. I think I've kind of gotten to it. I'm kind of numb at this point. But if they can bring some happiness into my life in the next month, I'm all for that. Where are you? Well, like, what parts of your body are numb? Your fingers? <laughs> your fingers. Everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was pretty 2022 White Sox to win the game today to suck us back in a little bit. You know, they just can't. If they're not going to win this thing, they're not going to. They're not going to let us check out early. That's for sure. Do you want them to win, get in, and just get destroyed in the first round? Is that what you want? Yeah, I, I dude, I love playoff baseball. I would, I would, I would definitely take a division win and a first round exit over not making it. I don't, I don't know. Nikki, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Did Nikki? Does your dad still have the season tickets? Yeah. Well, I've been selling every game. I can't even can't give these tickets away. You, so a one o'clock so they game asked against us the Rockies for, at home. They asked us for the deposit for next season already. Really? And 
And then they also need answers by like in the next few days of whether you or not you want extra seats for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And you add- so I we're we're gonna put down our depo- our deposit and and basically buy the the playoff seats, but we're not getting extra tickets. Yeah. Well, so you we should say. You. Well, you need to give me an answer if Tony's going to be back, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they should put that on the 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 voucher. Tony will not be back. Would you like playoff tickets, <laughs> dude? Tickets would they would they would blow up. Schwabi, this has been Schwabi's dream. He get he got seventeen games without Tony, and they're they're performing. It's, it's been so wonderful. We've had Jose Ruiz not in a lot of them. Lurie's not been in a lot of them. Romy's out there taking away starts. I love it. There was one um, one Leary start. No, it was a couple Leary starts. I think we lost both games. One it was against yes, the Twins. Yes, we've lost both games he's played in since Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> or at least started in. Yeah, and one of them he came up with second and third. We were down one against the Twins. Second and third, one out against Duran. And he freaking bunts it back to the pitcher, and I forget oh, who that was third. Brutal. He gets thrown out at home. Just Kerbis. I mean, it was brutal. just absolute classic Leary. You know, it's like, what can you do with this guy? At least like Cairo is barely playing. And to Tony, Tony's treating the team like we're in Wildcat. Everybody's got to play. I hate Tony. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that there. We got we got to move on here. So real quick before we get into let's get pickled, I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the, the recent power surge by the boys. Five bombs today. We had a well, bomb. I think, I think that's what we were expecting. You know, what we saw today was what we were excited about since day one. So I, I think it's I think a couple things, right? I think obviously Aloy being back um, and Aloy being healthy is a huge part of the home runs going up, right? I mean, Aloy has been really, really good since the break. Remember when I laughed at you when you said Aloy hit 20? You, again, legs. We should know by now. When I make a statement and you laugh, I'm always right. <laughs> he, he might hit 20. Every time I make a statement that you find ridiculous, I'm right. I, I don't tell you. Um, what were you saying, JT? He he's DH'd like ninety percent of the games since Cairo took over. That has been one of the things that I found interesting: the fact that they have gone to Aloy so much at DH, and it hasn't been like like my original thought was to almost have it be seventy thirty Vaughn DHing, um, but it's really been like ninety ten Aloy. Yeah, I think that's the right move, and I that's he is a permanent DH. He is Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, he needs to be DHing. The problem is <laughs> the fielder we're putting in for him is just as bad. Well, they're trying to make- but at least at least Aloy is staying healthy, right? That's the purpose of it. So I get it. That's good. I think I think Vaughn is more athletic. He has a yeah, better reaction time. The, so so Vaughn and Sheets. I was actually looking at this too when I was on my uh, Stephen Kwan tirade. Um, I was looking at like outfield jumps out of all the qualified fielders. Andrew Vaughn's like the worst outfielder yeah. in baseball history. Va- Vaughn's the second worst. And then I think Sheets is like fifth worst. Yeah, and that's just, that, that's just in Vaughn jumps. Is, 
Oh, okay. But I, I mean, you could imagine. I mean, everything Vaughn's like else. a negative ten defensive runs. Yeah. And he's no, played I, like I thought Andrew Vaughn is like minus twenty six defensive runs. Oh, he's he's been awful this year. Like I was rather impressed last year. I thought he played like decent for a guy who yeah. was a first baseman, and he's been he's been awful this year. That's so like that. that. That's that's a perfect segue into something I very much wanted to talk about. And it kind of goes along with the power surge conversation. I got into it, or I responded to a few people on Twitter in the last couple of weeks. You're, you're the, I want to trade Andrew Vaughn camp. <laughs> and everyone's like, Abreu absolutely 100% needs to be on the team next year. This is my question for you guys. Abreu arguably, he, he's leading the AL in hits. His OBP is through the roof, but he's not hitting for power. He's taking up a position where we have a young, already proven player under control. And, and if Abreu's not hitting for power, it's not like he can run the bases. So it's basically a decision between keeping Jose for another year or two and hoping the power comes back or giving it over to Andrew Vaughn. I don't see, I really don't see a way where this roster can improve if you go into it with Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn on the roster. Well, if that's the case, then he should have been traded this year because now that we have DH covering the whole league, you know, the value's there. The guy is a pure DH, and I I would hate to see him leave the White Sox. He's going to be a gold glove first baseman. I'm talking about Abreu. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. He's a full-time DH at this point. In his, I mean, he, he is a good glove at first base, but just given, his, just given his age and that we have Andrew Vaughn behind him for literally like 5% of the cost, I, in, in no world does it make sense to keep Jose Abreu next year I given then you the lack of power this year and... What do you do? You sign and trade him because there's so much value there out of his bat that someone will eat him up right away for for big return. So I th- I think there are a couple things, right? I think the last time Jose came up on the market was that two three years ago. Yeah, he spent that whole year talking about how he wasn't leaving the White Sox. Yeah, whole year. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'll play for this. I'll play for that. Like that's all you heard. You haven't heard that this year, so I think I I think there's a real chance he retires. I think there's a real chance that he you know is understands that it might be over. I still question. think if you, you think- if I was a betting man, I would still say if you ask me where Jose's playing next year, where do you think he's playing? I still think it's a uh, over seventy percent chance it's with the White Sox. Yeah. Um. But I, I mean, if he's going to be a bench piece and a depth piece, that's fine. Make him a coach. Pay him three or four. Pay him lorry money. Maybe he'll, nah, maybe he'll be he, the next he's coach. Gonna, he's going to make at least fifteen million. I I'd think. say he's a twelve to fifteen yeah, million. You can't pay the year. guy fifteen million. He doesn't give you the production. Then let him coach. He can come off and hit when he wants to. Yeah, I, I mean, Jack, you make great points because you got a lawyer, right? 
you, you get Aloy and Vaughn, and that handcuffs you right off the gates. And then you, you throw in another guy like Sheets. Well, so I, I mean, I, I mean, those that's... are the right. Those are the four players that you just can't you can't maneuver because it leaves you so exposed. I th- I think if you bring back Abreu, you can't bring back Sheets. So you you got you trade Sheets. You trade Sheets, or you have Sheets become a permanent a permanent Charlotte piece until injury strikes and yeah spots play him. Yeah, right. Because you have to get a right fielder and let Andrew play left field. I said it in the trade deadline episode, but I was like, maybe some of these guys have a great second half and bump boost their trade value. What about Eloy? He's been one of the best hitters in the major leagues. Or is it clear at this point that the White Sox lineup goes as Eloy goes? I think yeah. so. I think that's the that's the thing, right? I yeah. think I mentioned trading Eloy in one in one of these episodes. Um, I still think he's the guy who you possibly can get a return for. Um, so I think he's, you know, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on who the manager is and what we think ultimately the problem is. Was the problem Tony? The problem is Tony. I think you see a lot of guys come back. If that, if they look deeper in the lineup and they say, okay, the problem was Tony. The problem also was the construction the problem was the defense the problem was the lack of athleticism. I think then you could potentially see a trade of a trade of Aloy, right? Try to get you know Jose at DH, Vaughn at first. Try to get more athletic in your outfield. You know you got Colas probably in right next year, maybe. You try to get an athletic left fielder, and you try to change kind of the makeup of makeup of the team, right? So I think I think that becomes the the next question. Ultimately, at then at the end of the year when they're looking at it and they're looking at the struggles of the Sox. What do they point the finger at the manager, or do they point the finger at the overall construction um, and makeup of the of the team? Yeah, all good questions. Uh, Aloy's like the guy that I was so down on, and then <laughs> I made such a quick one eighty turn just after this last because now all he's of a playing like the Aloy. Yeah, he was when he won the silver slugger. Yeah, silver slugger. It was just I like mean, his swing is so smooth I, and his power is so effortless. I I totally forgot how like good of a hitter he was. You know, like this last month stretch, he's just like murdering the ball. It, it was weird though, because like there was a stretch where he was like flying out to the warning track, and, and like you'd think he got it, and it was just like it, Sox, is it, the Sox's team had that stretch where yeah. they, everything they hit was with the warning track. It was so bizarre. Such a it's been such a just a weird year, but yeah, I I mean. Rick's got to make some bold moves because clearly, clearly what he has now has not been working. Is so, Eloy we'll capable see. of playing first base? We got, to, uh, yeah. I mean, the first base. Speaking of position that we don't need, it's like we, who who doesn't play first base on the team? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. We're getting let's get pickled. We gotta we gotta team up a little bit on mush with this. Bears Packers week coming let's, up. Let's and go. There's a new king of the north. Yeah. Get fucked, dude. DJP, what's your assessment of week one Packers? DJP, aka the Tundra Man. Gentlemen, the same thing happened last year. These guys don't play the preseason. LaFleur is at mercy of Rodgers and what he wants to do. They're going to be back on track next week. 
They're going to have Tanyan back, Lazard back. I think the Bears are exciting to watch, and that game was in the monsoon was pretty pretty comical because I hate Trey Lance that much. So fucking much. I hate Why do you guy. hate Trey Lance? Because I think he, the guy was just blown out of proportion because he had one good season throwing the ball 60 yards down the field in, in D2 football. Like, <laughs> and I think I, I think Garoppolo's got, got – Screwed over pretty good, and I don't. I just you just like the Italians. No, I don't. I think it's I think it's bullshit. Garoppolo <laughs> beat the. I'm Packers not making last any year. judgments from that game in the monsoon. That was absurd. Anyways, long story short, I hate the Niners more. <laughs> I hate the Bears. So I would love to see the Bears be successful this year, but they're not going to beat Green Bay. Schwab, you're the football man here. Uh, unfortunately, I missed last week's game as I was uh, running some fields at uh, at our high school. What, um, you, were, you got the boys out to run some sprints or what? No, I was. I had to go open the field for a youth league, uh, youth league, and I, then sit there running the scoreboard. I thought you called time. the team out to run some sprints on a Sunday. No, that was that was Saturday. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I think the I think we saw the best team in the North play last week, and it's. Uh, the team up north in Minnesota. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. Well, you know, we'll see. I think it, I'm inter- I'm interested to see it. Um, I'm interested. Like the Bears made some adjustments at the half, which is good to see. I'm interested to see what the offense looks like in a uh, slightly better weather. But the weather weather's supposed to be bad this week too. So I'm looking think- forward to seeing the offense at some point in time and some, you know. Dry conditions. I think for the first time in a while, we're going to see, and those are all great points, Zach, that the NFC North is going to beat up on each other pretty good this year. I really like what the Detroit Lions are doing. The head coach is great. Uh, golf's throwing the ball down the field. They got some talent at wide receiver. Minnesota, like you said, you know they're pretty well-rounded, and as long as Kirk Cousins can make a big play, they should go pretty far. But I think it's going to be an exciting NFC North season. So the Packers just decided not to cover Jefferson last week, or what was the deal with that? I don't know, but it was pretty <laughs> funny. I saw I saw a clip that Rodgers went up and gave Jefferson a hug after the game, and, and said, um, "You were definitely the best player in the field today." <laughs> JT, what are your thoughts? Has Green Bay always had our number? Yes. No. Has Rodgers always had our number? No. Yes. But watching that team last week was so refreshing. Our offense didn't have a penalty. It was like, holy cow, this is what watching football is like with a competent head coach and a competent coaching staff. Like, we haven't seen a competent coaching staff in Chicago in a long time. And I think... I think the Bears have caught a lot of flack in the preseason and, and in summer, the summer leading up to the season. And I think they want to shove it down everyone's throat. I think they're motivated. I think they're having fun. I think they came together. And I'm just hoping that they, they keep sliding from the end of last Sunday into straight into Sunday Sunday. That clip, by the way, is probably one of the yeah, coolest I think, picks I think, I've ever. I think I've the ever media, Sundra, man. 
The, ma- the national media <laughs> takes on the Bears have been ridiculous. So I'm uh Well, they, I mean, the national media thinks they're the worst team in history of football, basically. That's why they're going to be good. They got nothing to lose. So, Mush, you know, you bring up week one last year. I, I think there's one key difference. What, Devontae Can- Adams? I think it's going to be a bigger deal than you think. Oh, I think is Lazard playing this week? Huh? Is Lazard playing this week? Yeah, Lazard. Nice, nice grab. Uh, Lazard's playing in Tanyan. He's supposed to be a full go and be playing every offensive snap. Um, I mean, I I really think that game last week with the Packers, Watson catches that catches that bomb. Yeah, I can't believe some swagger there, but I think the Packers are going to be. They might be tied with the Vikings going into the playoffs, and I, I see them with about 10 wins this year. Yeah, it, it'll be an interesting year. That's uh, It might be the Vikings division. It might be right, Schwab. So uh, real quick before we get into the, the preview for next week, I just want to throw this out there. The, the Guardians winning the division over the White Sox this year, you know what that would be equivalent to? That would be equivalent to the Bears being, winning the division over the Packers. That I, I will go that far to say that's how big of a disappointment it would be for the 2022 Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I mean, the division, it was, it, we were supposed to run away with it. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's pathetic. The, the Guardians are so flawed. The Twins are so flawed. I mean, what does that say about the White Sox? You know who I'd like to see manage the White Sox? Sandy? Motor City, Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan Campbell would be able to As long as Hard Knocks comes with oh, it. Oh, Hard Knocks with Dan Campbell was so good. That was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right, weekly preview, gentlemen. Schwabi, I'm kicking to you. We got three in Detroit, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We get the day off Monday. We talked about it, which is really big because the Guardians have the five against the Twins, and they're not going to get any days off. So we'll, we'll hit on the, on the Twins-Guardians as well as we're kind of going by this day by day. So tomorrow, the White Sox have Lucas Giolito versus Matt Manning. And the Twins-Guardian series is undecided for the Twins versus Tristan McKenzie. I think, you know, Lucas against Manning is a a favorable matchup for the Sox. McKenzie versus an undecided pitcher is not great for for the Twins. On Saturday, we, Jesus Christ, the Twins pitching. (laughs) I mean, even the, if it's not TBD, it's bad. The, the, TBD is their best pitcher. Uh, the <laughs> Twins bring up Josh Winder to face Shane Bieber. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, that's, that's that's uh, the second game of their doubleheader is undecided again versus Connor Pilkington. All right, well, that's a that's a winnable game. Pilkington's terrible. He is. It should be a good one. Uh, the Sox have Johnny Cueto taking the hill on Saturday versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Eduardo is pretty quality. It's pretty strong starter. I like Eduardo a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he is a guy. lefty, which the Sox do. Uh, you know, it hasn't been as ridiculous this year, but I still do like the Sox against a lefty in general. Yeah, agreed. Sunday we have my arch emesis Drew Hutchinson taking on the White Sox with Michael Kopech on the mound for the Sox. Uh, the fact that Drew Hutchinson is still pitching <laughs> in the majors. Why is he your Why is he your nemesis? Because I think I was on this podcast where I saw Drew Hutchinson was pitching. And I go. That can't be Drew Hutchison from the Blue Jays. Sure enough, it's Drew Hutchison from the Blue Jays. Um, so wait, why do you hate that, that guy again? I just can't believe he's still pitching. 
Like, I'm amazed Drew Hutchinson's still in baseball. You know it who he reminds me of? Who's like mind. the? It was like the court, journeyman quarterback. Was it a Hutchinson? He was like the baseball player. Oh, uh, you know who? Chad I'm Hutchinson. About? Chad Hutchinson. The Bears. <laughs> I get them mixed up because it's the same last name, but it's like the same shit. It's like, how is this guy still a backup right. quarterback? I, it's just it. It blows my mind that Drew Hutchinson's still in the majors. That's hilarious. Um, and then for the Twins, we've got Joe Ryan versus some dude named Cody Morris. Uh, Joe like a, Ryan had a hell of a game. Yeah. He was like a was he a, had a no hitter through seven or something. Yeah, like they that. took him out. They took he him threw out. like one hundred and nine pitches. Rocco, or something man. crazy. They were uh, pissed at Rocco. They were Joe Joe Ryan. I saw Joe Ryan's stats this week. His stats versus like the Tigers and Royals. He's got like an ERA in the ones. Against everybody else, it's like in the fives. Um, <laughs> the guy throws meat, though. He throws so, like 91 down the middle. You know, I like Joe Ryan, uh, but Joe Ryan's stats are a lot better against everybody else. Yeah. On Monday, the uh, Guardians and Twins finish up their series with Sonny Gray versus Cal Quantrill. And then Tuesday, we'll go through the Sox-Guardian uh, series re- real quick. On Tuesday, it's Undecided versus Dylan Cease. Wednesday, we've got Tristan McKenzie versus Lance Lynn. And we finish the series. Up. It's got to be Bieber then, right? Yeah, I think it's Bieber Lucas. So we get. Yeah, Bieber versus Lucas on Thursday. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean. You, you like you wait. like the Guardians series starting off with Dylan and Cueto. Yeah. No, Dylan, it was Dylan, Dylan and Lynn. Dylan and Lynn, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to start off with Dylan and Dylan and Lynn is, is good. Lucas scares me um, just because Lucas has been so hit or miss. And the teams that have played Lucas the most have hit Lucas the best. Yeah. Because they, they know. They sit, it, they sit on everything. And they sit on. They yeah. wait for the changeup. And they know his fastball can't blow him away. Yeah. Well, we know what we got to do. Predictions. JT, what are the Sox doing in the next six? I think we go five and one. But what, who, what, what games do and we I win? And I don't know who we're going to lose to. That's actually really important because... Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Five and one with a sweep of the Guardians puts you in the driver's seat. Five and one with a loss of the Guardians... Put you in a hole. Yeah. Yeah, you almost like it if you're telling me that you gotta lose a game, you wanna lose against the Tigers, right? I don't yeah. think it's close. Like Yeah. You're you are in the difference between five and one with a, a sweep of the Guardians and five and one with a sweep of the Tigers is huge at this point in time. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. We're going six. Oh, we're gonna do. We're gonna up. do exactly what we needed. What we need to do with Cairo at the helm. TLR is gonna stay away from the team. Yeah. the The real question should be how many games is Tony attending? Like honestly, I. That's one of the things that's most frustrating. Is like the the Tony just being around and no answers. <laughs> Is it just brings so much unnecessary and unneeded bad mojo tension and questions? They'd be so much better off saying Tony's done. You know, like like they just need, they need to make an official statement. I don't care what it is at this point in time. 
I just need an official statement from the Sox. It would, I think it, I think it would help. DJP, what's our record next six? I think we're gonna we're gonna go three and three. Oh if we go three and three, season's over. Schwabby, what were you doing? Five and one. Who do we lose? Lucas to? is losing. The last game of the Guardians. Oh, I don't know. Or tomorrow. He's losing one of those. He's Lucas, oh, Lucas is losing one of those starts. I'll, I'll, I would sign up for five and one right now if we lose tomorrow. But I would be so angry if we lost tomorrow. Oh right, right again. Like <laughs> I think that's that's if, the, the. If I could, if I could drop a, a, a next six for the White Sox in a nutshell this year would be they're gonna lose three to Detroit and then they're gonna sweep the Indians and it's gonna nullify and mean just <laughs> fucking does not gonna matter anymore. Yeah, they, well, they would. everyone's going to be pissed. Yeah, we'll lose yeah. three in Detroit. That's the White Sox 2022 in a nutshell. No, they'll go They'll go four and two. They'll win one against the Tigers, and they'll sweep the Guardians, and the season will still be over. Oh, my God. I hate this team. I hate them. I hate them. All right, my but, prediction's Nikki, five and the song, I, I'm the saying song five to and start one, it's got to be Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> We're going five and one. We're gonna lose one against the Tigers, and it's gonna kill me, whatever game that is. And then we're we're sweeping the Guardians. It's got to be done. Cease and Lynn are gonna come out. They're gonna fire gems, and then we're gonna just ride that momentum in Game Three. The crowd is gonna be fired up. That I Nick love the way ice. that matches up. I yeah. I love how it matches up because we're gonna get that mo, and we're gonna be fired up for Game Three. I mean, ideally, if Lance is able to go seven in Game Two of that series. And you're able to have a, a good offensive performance where you can kind of keep some of those bullpen arms. Yeah, I think you. you I do. think. Yeah. I think you see Lucas go four, yeah. or five. We've been. And then you the go Lambo Jim. We say the same thing every week. If, what if we could do this and this? Like. Yeah, but we don't. We didn't have the admiral at the helm. Yeah. Now we have a competent manager. Well, here's here. I like Schwabby's. I like where his head's at. You you get Geo to go five. You get Lambo Jim for the six. Ray Lowe for the seventh. Graveman for the eighth. Liam closed the door. And we take the lead in the division. All right, gentlemen, let's close it out. I, well, next time we talk, I think we're going to be at least tied. We might even be a game up. Let's feed into that PMA. We didn't do a PMA segment, but, you know, the, the last 10 minutes might have served as that. Gentlemen, thanks for joining. It was good to be back. We'll catch you next week. Go Dodgers. Go.